One billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thank you for joining us today. As always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. Our three travelers finally make it to the Ogarek and the graveyard of stones that lies beneath it. Words are amplified, adhesives are suggested, and high heights are reached. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallrin, and Jory begin to hear the imprinted echoes of the Ogarek. Uh, before we begin, I cannot remember. Did I give you guys experience at the end of last game? No. I don't think I did. Okay, so two XP you can Wee. take for Yay. the situation in the forest. And I think that will allow at least some of you to feasibly take an advancement. Maybe. I can remember XP. Is it three or four? No, oh, four. It is four. There it is. Well, I... Then yes, I'm actually at four XP right now, so that would, so that, I will take that advancement. I am only at two, but that is because I spent some. Okay. Almost want to wait. You can. Since it is still useful for other things. It is. It is, and I think most of you are at three advancements yes. right now. This this being the possibility to take a fourth? Yes, this is okay. my fourth advancement. Cool. And so at that point, ooh, you end up at tier two. Dun, dun, dun. I am going to take the plus two to recovery, so my recovery is now ah. plus three. Ooh. Yes. And that goes up with your tiers, too. Oh, cool. So like every so right now it's usually plus two, like it's a D6 plus your tier. Yes. And then if you but if you take that advancement, it's plus the two plus your tier. So as soon as you get up to the next tier, it's also gonna be plus four. Mm. How many stat dumps have the rest of y'all done? Like putting stuff into stats? Yeah, I was just asking the room at large. Like you can only do one per tier. You can only take each of oh. those advancements once per tier. Okay, all right. Never mind then. Oh, I see. So mine, I've taken a plus one to my might edge, a plus four to my intellect, and then I took on a new skill in persuasion. I think I might have done that wrong. The second time I gave myself a, a skill of history, and then last time I negated the uh, inability oh, to I see. Manera. Yeah, so that's my bad. I can probably that's get okay. rid of the history maybe and slot something else in if it's okay to do that retroactively. Or that's fine. It's up to you. I'm I'm fine with it being as it is. Okay. I'm I'm less concerned. Like 
really that's just more so that people aren't just like throwing a bunch of stuff into plus four stat, plus right. four stat, plus yeah. four stat. Understood. Skills are a little more nebulous. I'm fine with that being a thing. We'll just correct it. Move. Okay. That's fine with me. Thank you so much. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, back to looking the thing up. Okay, so the, the wording here is, after your character purchases four character benefits, they go up to the next tier. So you are tier two now, Chase. Yes. Which is pretty cool. Woohoo! I did. I went ahead and did uh, effort. Okay. Cool. Hot cool. diggity so you... dog. Awesome. Do that. No, Sorry. I'm. I'm only at two XP right now, but it's because I spent for a uh, for a player Holy intrusion shit. last time. Right. 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 So, do I have to do anything specifically for advancement? Yes. So that was what I was going to get to next. So yes. when you hit tier two, you have the you gain another special ability. Oh, neat. So let me pull that up real fast here. I'm I'm actually looking at him right now. You're looking at second tier glaive. Yep. Cool. 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 Is it? Yeah. There it goes. Mm-hmm. You get basically you're able to be trained another type of attack, mm-hmm. and you can take another fighting move or take another fighting move from a from the lower tier if you want to. So any of the gotcha. new ones or one of the previous ones. Gotcha. Cool. You can also replace one if you want. Cool. Let cool. me find Delve for you real fast, Jory. Good idea. Yes, I am going to take skill with defense. Oh, good call. Yeah. yeah. Nice. You also get something from your focus. For Chase, for Speaks with a Silver Tongue, you get something called a smile and a word. Ooh, very cool. Ah. Jory gets something called defensive phasing. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Ooh, that sounds helpful. Yeah. So I'm partially a giant coward. <laughs> Nehemiah gets to use effort on any evolving, any action involving any sort of interaction. Anything, any interaction with a creature, and that allows you to then a free level of effort. Yes, it, it's so a free it's just, level it, of effort, and it's eased effectively. Yes, awesome. It's basically if you say I'm using effort, you get a free level of it. Oh, that's cool. So a a point of effort counts as two points. Yes, very cool. And then defensive phasing costs two intellect points to use, but you can basically on like on an attack, you can just go. Vroom, and phase out so it doesn't hit you. Whee! Run away! It, you gain an asset on any speed defense task, but you lose benefit from armor. So it it's still, you still roll to try and get out of the way, but it's, you get an asset. I think you're already, are you already trained in speed defense? Is that correct? Someone is. I think it's Chase, because he's fleet of foot. Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so, but yeah, so anytime you make a speed defense roll, you automatically have an asset. Cool. And so it still could hit you, and if it does, you don't gain the benefits of your armor, but that's one that that makes it all the more easier to not be hit, necessarily. <clears throat> Any other questions, comments, concerns, fashion tips? I was, I was just, like, looking down the sidebar in Roll20, and I just remembered the existence of Ravage Bears. <laughs> Oops. Hmm? That, was, that was a thing I'm glad we decided not to mess with. <laughs> no. Nah. And not nice. Nobody got time for that. Ooh, a quick question. Mm-hmm. I just think I never reset my recovery rolls because I don't remember making any recovery rolls last session, and it's still at mine says one hour. 
you guys can reset that if you'd like. If there will be one more day before you make it to the Algorek. So if you guys want to make any recovery rolls for that day, you're welcome to. Okay. I would like to do that. I think I'm going to do environmental adaptation. Oh, I love that one. Very good. Can you explain it real fast? Yeah, sure. Two intellect points, use your wits and some uh, learned tricks to survive a hostile environment. You can breathe safely and smoke a poison gas or survive temperatures, temperature extremes for up to 10 hours. In certain instances, the GM might require simple materials, etc., etc. That's basically the gist of it. Um, nice. You all mount up on your anines and start making your way out of the forest where you helped the individuals inside the domed cage and interacted with some very strange and slightly concerning technology. You continue north towards the Ogarek. It's not a slow journey, but it is relatively easy. The rest of this, the next day that passes, is relatively without incident. Is there anything specifically that anyone wants to talk about or do over the course of the day that passes? I would like to, I'm just going to specifically try to keep an eye out for the people that are following, just in case, because it seemed, it seemed like they were kind of like watching us as we were leaving. Oh yeah, Smallrin is doing the same, especially that creepy little pale woman. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. What are they up to? I don't like it. And uh, I'm also going to start drawing really terrible stick figure pictures of me being a god to all these weird things. And I'm going to make a comic about it. <laughs> yes. I was hoping you were going to say comic or, or uh, graphic novel. I'm a really bad artist. Really bad. Smallrin is going to contribute a couple blank pages from her mentor's journal so that you can do this. Good. Do you make a flip book? <laughs> I don't think I have the skill for that. I might try it, and it just ends up with me rolling downhill like a bowling ball. Like you cool. physically rolling downhill, or you in the flipbook? Both. <laughs> <laughs> good, We're good. in the middle of a blank plane. Where'd you find a hill? <laughs> None of us are sure. That's, that's how bad of an artist I am. I fell oh, down a hill that's not even there. Can I have anyone who is looking to see if you're being followed? I'm going to have that be a some sort of perception investigation, some sort of intellect check that you feel would be applicable in some way. All right. Uh, perception, I'm trying. That works. Yeah, I'm going to do my perception. Ogren Orb, my little squidlet, is helping me look. It's going to be a difficulty three. I will also do uh, perception there. Success, 13. Success, 11. Success with a 10. Wonderful. You guys are all being incredibly vigilant as you continue on your path. You're not being followed. You were watched until you were out of eyesight, but no one is on your tail at all. Even far behind you, there is not anyone who is taking the same path as you, but you are definitely watched thoroughly until you were no longer in view. They wanted mm -hmm. to make sure that we actually left the way we said we would. That's the feel you're getting. Benign! Anything else anyone wants to talk about, do, take care of over the course of the day? Nehemiah's pretty quiet today. 
every once in a while, Smallrin will just throw a small piece of jerky at Jory. <laughs> it's a long ride. She's a little bored. I eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Where does this keep coming from? Oh, I get yeah, it. She, yeah, she does her best to make sure that Jory doesn't realize where it's coming from the first couple times. Does this just happen to me now? <laughs> I have a special power. We're going to give you a new skill called Jerky Manifestation. A shoe dried meats. A shoe dried meats. <laughs> <laughs> the day passes. Camp for the night. And as you're making camp, you can see this floating structure on the horizon. And as the sun is setting, the oranges and pinks and reds of the light glimmer off what people call the graveyard underneath. The next morning, it doesn't take long for you to get to the edge of it. This graveyard is an area with a five-mile diameter surrounding this floating orb. It is just a wasteland of white stones scattered about, spread as far as the eye can see. It's not impossible to navigate, but it's not easy either. A lot of the stones, although they've been here for who knows how long, how many centuries or eons, some of them are still jagged and sharp, awkwardly placed. Would the Anine, what with their spindly legs, be a bit more able to handle getting through than us on foot? Most likely, yes. Cool. It'll take some careful navigation mm-hmm. and guiding them through so that they don't trip. So they know yeah, so they don't trip, so they know where they're going. But it will it will be easier for them to navigate around and faster for that matter too. Cool. Question. So we're we're heading into a new day. I can choose a new flex skill. Correct. Do we think it would be more beneficial for me to keep on with my uh my menagerie wrangling animal husbandryness or do we think it would be better for me to take navigation and make sure that I can kind of guide us through now that we know how to handle the anine they've gotten used to us? I think, yeah, having that navigation would probably be pretty handy. Awesome. So, yeah, I'm going to do that then. When dawn comes, you all wake up to find Smallrin pouring over a very specific part of her mentor's journal and... Her menagerie whisperer skill is gone. She is now an explorer extraordinaire. And it's very important that everyone knows that that is how I'm putting it into my flex skill. I am going to list this as navigation. Exactly. For the, for the sake of what it applies to. Explorer extraordinaire. Yes. Okay. You start traversing through the white stones. As you are going through here... It doesn't take very long for all of you to realize that there's something familiar about these rocks. When you first all arrived to Legam and were investigating the structures and the things that were there, 
the orb was kind of hard. Like, it was hard to the touch. That changed once you guys were messing around with some stuff underground. But it was this hard, ceramic-like synth. Oh. And this is very similar. If anyone would like to roll any sort of investigative things to take a closer look at this or to compare it to anything, you can roll investigation. I would absolutely allow you to roll some sort of, like, history or anything about the past. Would you accept perception, or is this more investigative? This is this is more of less of noticing something in the moment and more of really spending time and looking at something and trying to piece it together. Can I do history? Yes. This is going to be a level three for anyone who's attempting something. Success with a 12. So, Jory, you pick up a small chunk of it. They're all sizes of these rocks. There are some that are big, taller than you, taller than the anine. And then there are some that are like pebble-sized or palm-sized or small Mm -hmm. boulder-sized. And you pick up one that's kind of fist-shaped, fist-sized. And you're just kind of like looking at it. These look shattered. I was going to say... That that was actually going to be my next question anyway, was does it look like this used to be all one thing and it just went pop and exploded like glass? It did. It, that is exactly what it looks like. It just, something went kaboom. Hmm. And the time that you've spent with Rufus and kind of looking through things and digging through a lot of stuff, the materials that the the structures in Legam, not just the orb, but some of the other walls and things that were left behind, not the buildings that were built in the last handful of years, but stuff that was there previously, this material is nearly as hard as metal. <laughs> Not quite to that tensile strength, but very durable. It would have taken a lot of something to make this shatter. Friends, this is big and went splody. <laughs> Can you do that one more time, please? And with any amount of specificity. This all was one thing, and it went kapoo. And now it's many. Huh. Are we and... sure it was one thing specific? Okay, well, if you're going to get really specific about it, no, I don't know. It could have been like three bigger things that all went poo, but I don't... I, In general... I'm just saying this spreads <laughs> pretty far. It does. And if this was all one thing... I don't want to contemplate what would be needed to explode something that size. Well, I don't know much about nature, but... And he points to the big tree growing out of the orb. That might have something to do with it. Erosion is a real so-and-so. And actually, Nehemiah, as you point that out, you, in looking at the the Ogarek, there are portions that look like they have been shattered off, blown off, torn off, fallen off. This is not a complete structure any longer. Whether or not that was from the tree kind of just slowly growing through things and pushing things away, or if there was something that happened before that, it's hard to tell. But this is not a complete structure. Well, this may make our job a hair trickier, but uh, press on? Yes. 
Does anyone else... I know, Smaller, you said you wanted to look at stuff, too. Did you want to roll something? Yeah, I'll try. It'll it'll be an untrained intellect roll. Um, That's fine. Nope. Failure with a five. You also pick up a stone and trying to just kind of get some information about it, looking through the book, looking through your notes about things from Legon, the time you spent with Eidos. You pick it up, and as you transfer it one hand to the other, turning it over, you hear an anguished scream in your mind. You drop the rock, and it stops. You okay? Oh, I don't like that. You don't like rocks? Well, I don't like rocks that make my own mind scream at me. Is this like a small red thing? Did something happen? (laughs) (laughs) That's That's actually a very fair question. That's a fair question. Mm. It reminded me most of the, uh, the pillar of screaming. Ooh. That same mm. sensation of the scream coming from inside your head. But just one this time, and only while I was holding that stone. It's gone now. Maybe for right now, new rule, don't pick up the rocks. Take only pictures, leave only footprints. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if we go by that old rule of leave a place better than you found it, does that mean that we have to piece this whole thing back together before we leave? Because I do like puzzles. <laughs> but we're going to need some more rations, having given them away. And I also don't know what we would use to piece this together. It is large, and uh, mm. I I don't know what adhesive would be best. We might need Rufus. I think I've got some twine. <laughs> I got some gaff tape. <laughs> gaff tape fixes everything. It really does. Absolutely. Unless it's cold. If it's cold outside, gaff tape doesn't work. Mm, interesting. It does not work in the cold. Yeah. Smallrun pretty much just has a deadly poison that she can create at a, the drop of a hat, but I don't think it has any adhesive properties. I, I actually do want to pick up one of the rocks again and I listen to it like a seashell. <laughs> sure. <laughs> see if I can hear anything you actually don't hear anything when you pick it up and as you do though and you're you're listening you put it right up to your ear and Smallrin and Nehemiah are kind of just having a conversation continuing to talk about what this means for where you are as you put it up to your ear their voices are amplified you take it away it's normal put it back up it's like they're right next to you I mean, I got my little, like, box of, of, like, gel cubes here. I don't think that's going to work, though. It's 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 sticky, it's sticky <laughs> the wrong ways. Maybe we could try giving deadly poison to a gel cube. We can't. The solution isn't always deadly poison. Well, not with that attitude. Pass it down. Why <laughs> <laughs> listen? I, I I told you the the sound was in my head. It wasn't actually something that I heard. I I just out of sheer curiosity, because everything is sound reactive, I'm gonna hum and see if that does anything. Just in general mm. to if the field lights up. I don't know. La What do you hum? 
Hum the song. I'm going to hum the song. Just really quietly, just in case. Mm -hmm. Not to metagame, but hum the it, song. It, it did go poof. Yeah, no, that was my thought anyway. So. <laughs> uh, nothing specifically happens. It's not like the entire field lights up a different color. It's not like the stones start floating or anything. But uh, it does seem louder than it should. Okay. You're humming quietly. It's like you're humming at a normal to loud volume interesting really interesting but just with that song or d melody in general kind of gets that impression okay oh boy okay did you hear that anybody else i was not humming very loud and yeah and no, that it, was it, no you it, you were humming fairly loudly like real loud we should open a concert hall <laughs> The acoustics in this place are amazing. <laughs> As you say that, Joy says we should open a concert venue. You're reminded of something that Adriel told you about this place. No one lives within 50 miles of here. Travelers usually avoid it. There are stories of this place being haunted, of ethereal creatures... And voices from the stones. I was going to say, if people are picking up stones and hearing screaming, I wouldn't want to live here either. Right. True. Or if it amplifies music, because some people really can't sing. And it might just... Mm. Actually, now now Small Run's curious. She's going to reach down and pick up the same stone that she picked up before. And see if anything happens. She's going to, like, tap it. Hold it up. Maybe lick it. <laughs> Course. Your tongue sticks to it. So it's organic. <laughs> what? Isn't isn't that the thing? No, it's if it's bone. It's if it's bone. Okay. I'm not going to say this is bone though. I'm just playing with ninth world shenanigans. It's true. But no, that's what I mean. Like it's uh it's a uh I guess organic's the wrong word, but I think maybe like protein based con no, that doesn't make sense either for bone. I don't remember what it is. Continue. Sorry. You're... I was thinking organic, but like rock the same way an organic vegetable would be. And I was like, <laughs> I see. You lick it. Your tongue sticks to it a little bit. You don't hear anything this time when you pick it up. But if you do put it up to your ear, you do get the same effect that Jory did, where the things around you are amplified a little bit more. I'm going to say, I thought we said we're not going to be touching rocks. Now, now we're licking them. Well. She offers no further explanation. <laughs> she she does make eye contact and lick the stone again. <laughs> not in a salacious way, not in just in like a weirdly intimidating way. Right. Nehemiah just like puts his head in both of his hands and kind of urges his anine along towards oh. towards the structure. Okay. I am going to, as we move closer, I'm going to keep occasionally making tunes to see if, like, the amplification changes in any way. Just just a little bit and very quietly, so nothing, like, really crazy, but um, just to keep testing it along the way. The larger the pieces of stone you're near, the more the amplification is. Neat. Jeez, when these things were all one thing 
can't imagine. I mean, could it have been an amplifier? Like, just one? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it could have been like the structure back at Lagam. It's got to be. I mean, it's the same stuff. I just hope it still works. Yeah. Because I can, I mean, we can joke about it, but seriously, we do not have the the skills, material, or person power to go ahead and put all this back together. You continue on, and it's a couple miles to try and get to the center, carefully making your way in and out of the different pieces of stone here, listening to Jory hum louder or softer, depending on where you're walking. There are stories of this place being haunted, voices that are heard ethereally in the night, Creatures that appear and disappear. Not many people come near here. Most travelers avoid it. I feel like it almost works on two levels, because if somebody is in this field and says something, it could like amplify it, which could sound very haunted, maybe to somebody who's further away. And they also make noises themselves, so it's the perfect storm of what? Could also be something down below. Something, yeah. you know, I mean, we know there's probably something not too dissimilar to uh, the structure of Lagam just beneath our feet. I That's would true. go ahead and reckon that we got a similar situation going on here. I'd also hmm. like to know about these creatures or visions that were seen. We know that it's producing all of this sound, but visions... Or physical manifestations? That worries me. I'm going to have all of you roll a perception check. Uh, success <laughs> with a four. This will be a level three. Not 20 then. Oh, and a failure with a two. And I'm trained in this. How rude. Smallrun, your Ogren orb is incredibly bored with the field that is around you. Gosh, badarn it, uh, squidlet. <laughs> and is keeping you from being able to focus on anything for a long period of time. Nehemiah, you hear something. It's not humanoid. It is maybe a, like a yip or a, a squeak perhaps. Hmm. And looking around, you're not 100% sure where it's coming from. But... You do hear it. Jory, you also hear that. You're able to pinpoint it a little more exactly. And what you see pop up is this on the top of one of the stones. A strange creature, kind of canine looking, with rows uh, and lines of light coming through it, but it is glitching, almost. It reminds you almost like being in and out of phase, but it's not phasing. It's almost as though it is... Its signal isn't coming through. I see. Jory, with your natural 20, I'm going to give you the information on this. When you first realize that you are able to go in and out of phase, I feel that you probably would have done some research to try and figure out if there's, like, anything else that does this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. You read about something called a riven. A creature 
that is an echo of something that was long past. Some sort of thing that was destroyed by disaster in a different timeline. Something that exists in a parallel world, but not quite fully formed in either. To that end, um, would I know it is something that comes from that that space, or is it something that is created by that by the interlocking of a, a like a parallel destroyed situation? Does that make sense? This is something that is essentially stuck between dimensions. Okay. Does it? Do I know whether or not it had existed between the dimensions to begin with, or was created by the the crossing over it was locked here for some reason okay they are not created between dimensions they are kind of shunted between them okay um i don't know if it would fall under the scroll as well but uh as far as danger level i can roll a danger sense go ahead and roll danger sense okay difficulty three Mm. 17 (laughs) I will say this, their motive is destruction. Interesting. They are confused and violent. Okay. Does the violence come from confusion? And if I don't know, I don't know. You wouldn't be able to pick up on that. Okay. Um, hey, hey, hey. Let's halt, halt for a second. Wait. Uh, do you see that over there? Can you see it? That, um... Oh, whoa. Kind of wiggling. We don't want to get too close to that. I've read about them when I was researching myself, as one does. Mm -hmm. Um, They sort of exist um, kind of out of phase like me, only not quite. They're a little bit, like, stuck. And I think that makes them grumpy. So I don't know if it's a matter of they're trying to consume to try to stabilize themselves or what it is, but we need to kind of maybe not go straight in that direction. Further question, um, would I know if they tend to come in packs or if there's usually just kind of squabby? Or either way... There's no rhyme or reason to it. Sometimes it's just a single one. Other times there's three or four. Okay. It kind of depends on when and where you are. So let's just keep a sharp eye out in case there's more of them. I feel like it's just something we should probably avoid. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yes, let's do that. All right. We'll cut like a kind of a pretty wide perimeter around it. Let it yip in the distance. I'll keep an eye out um, on that one. That's I'm also going to throw out there that this we are the most cautious party <laughs> that I've ever been a member of. Any other game I've ever played, everyone would be like, oh my god, there's a dangerous thing. Let's go right, like, let's go either kill it or pet it. And we're just <laughs> like, nope, absolutely not. Ravage bears? Nope. Riven? Well, and I think, uh-uh. I think that is something like with like Numenera and the Ninth World in general is just like, Everything is kind of weird and scary. Like, there's not, like, genre awareness isn't really a thing because mm-hmm. it's all so weird and so blended. You d- you don't know when something's going to have like a Swiss Army knife that's in its back that's also like a disintegrating laser beam. Yep. Um. 
It's I know when those within the bestiary, by the way. I'm, of course they do. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure it does. I, I know. I know. I, I didn't know, but I know. But like, if I, you know, like just by basic genre like tropes, almost anything that comes up in D and D, like I've got a pretty good idea of what is going to be coming at me mm-hmm. with this. I, I don't. I don't know what a Riven can do. I'm scared, and I don't want to die. So, no, we're not going to fight the possibly pack of glitch pups. Glitch pups. They are glitch pups. They are glitch pups. I I will say this this one specifically is a glitch pup, but they can be any kind of creature. It is more of a category of Uh, thing that happened to something rather than like a particular species. Glitch crits. Glitch crits. When I see that, and I think, oh, that's um, um, Riven, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they don't always look like that sort of dog thing. Or Correct. is it? Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if they just, that was what that looked like, or if it was like anything can kind of have those attributions. Okay. There could be a, an anine Riven, okay. technically. Riven is more like, it's like saying ghost. You can have a cat ghost or a person ghost or a cow ghost, okay. but it, it's still a ghost. It's still a spirit. That's the kind of category that this would be called. Super, super caught up. I'm good. Golden. Cool. You continue on cutting a wide berth around the area where you found the Riven. Maybe it was unnerved by the fact that there were three of you or by the fact that you had such large creatures with you being the Anine. Uh, but it didn't seem to follow you. It did notice you were there, but it kind of just watched you as you moved along. I always feel bad for things like that. It seems like they're stuck. It reminds me maybe of a, a, an animal with a, a foot caught in a trap because you get close to it and it wants to bite you because it doesn't know what else to do. But um, you also want to free it. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I mean, I understand that, but uh, that thing's going to absolutely try and kill us before we can do anything good for it. I'm not saying we should go back. Should we? Oh, oh boy. It's also possible that you would not be able to transport it the way it needs to be to get it out of whatever current it's caught in between dimensions. Exactly. And I guess I might have a better chance than most people, but I still don't know. That's something I'd want to put a little bit more research into and until, you know, before we dive into such thing. And I don't think we really have time for that. So. Also, no books. Another day. Yes. You continue moving through the graveyard and eventually piecing your way and picking your way through these stones make it to the Ogarek. This floating structure. Looking up at it, it's even larger than you expected it to be. You saw it far off on the horizon, so you knew it had to be big. But it is massive. And it seemingly impossibly floats about 20 feet up in the air. No supporting structure underneath. There are some vines and and foliage that seem to have made their way down from the tree that is a part of this orb, kind of hanging down. Whether or not the hold weight is a different story, but that's really the only thing that seems to be 
in any way coming off and down of the structure. Right underneath it, there is not as many stones. It's a little more of a clearing. There's still some, there's some rubble, but it's not nearly as dense as it is farther out. So as you get closer here, the amplification peters off a little bit. Well, it seems like from the distribution of stones that this was definitely here whenever this shattered because there's less underneath. There's more just debris, so either what it was was on top of it or around it or... I don't know. Um, what... I I have a whistle. Mm -hmm. Like an actual metal whistle. I would like yeah. to pull it out and see if it does anything magnetically. Does anything that. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Gonna lasso it around a bit. Kind of walk around. <laughs> you, did you say whistle? I'm sorry. Yeah, I have a whistle. Okay. Like a penny it's, whistle. Yeah. Right. So what are you doing with it? I'm basically <laughs> trying to see if there are any magnetics at work because this is a floating bit of something and I'm curious about it. So you're going to play the whistle to see no, if I'm it's magnetic. Playing. I'm not playing she's, it. It's just, she's just Oh, it's metal. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's using it like sorry. a dowsing rod more than Unless anything else. I, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so in the sound mindset yeah, um, that I'm that, just like. You know what? I'll do Okay, both. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. It's fine. You're, you're using it as a way to figure out if anything's yeah, magnetic. Yeah, sorry. Uh, um, <laughs> Maybe not. You... You walk around the area, going around the perimeter, nothing. And honestly, as you get closer to the center, like just immediately right underneath the orb, again, nothing. But you do notice, like, kind of as you're holding it, things feel a little funny. <laughs> and you toss it up. And it almost floats back down to your hand. Oh, I jump. <laughs> <laughs> And you jump 10 feet in the air. Whoa! I'm really scared. Do I slowly, do I come back down? You then? slowly come back down. Oh, <laughs> Nehemiah vaults, oh, uses the sword spear to vault himself up into the air. And just floating, you vault yourself up 10, 12 feet and kind of coast in an arc back down to the ground. I don't oh. know if we know what radiation is, but I'm really worried. <laughs> but this, this is pretty fun. <laughs> no, yeah, Smallrin definitely does like a like a sick flip. <laughs> Again, jumping, you easily go ten or so feet in the air, doing some acrobatics and landing three point hero style. Yep, on the ground. This feels like the type of fun we really shouldn't be trying out. <laughs> Yeah, but I do want to like do a high five as high in the air as possible oh, with with okay. all of you right now. All right, backing up, backing up. Wait, are we trying to do a three way high five? I Wait, believe. How is that gonna work? Are we Can just we crash please? Into all right, each other? all I'm asking is that we try to roll for this because I want to see what the dice say happens. <laughs> sure, I'm going to make this a straight up speed check. Okay, okay difficulty. This is going to be difficulty. Because you're jumping, this is something that trained people would have a 50-50 shot at, at succeeding in. 
That's Can fair. I use overcoming fear, intimidation, yes. or panic. <laughs> Whatever you want to use. Yeah, I'm using. I'm going to use impressive display. So can yes, I just please. do it? Yes. Cool. yes. Navigation. So, so this yes. depends on us. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Everybody. All right. All right. Everyone, ready? Back it yep. up. Back it. Back it up. One, two, three. <laughs> oh man. Uh... Smallrin fails hard. Okay, so wait, wait, hold on. Oh no, that was. I thought it. It's the exact same role I failed with before, but it was a different difficulty. Is. Uh, Nehemiah is using impressive display, and Jory got a nineteen. So I think Smallrin just like trips a little and doesn't jump quite high enough, and I think they high five over. Her oh and yeah, she just goes sailing underneath. <laughs> Yeah, high five, clasp hands, like spiral down. Does momentum? Yes. yes, 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 yes. You okay, buddy? I, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. She's like attempting to lean very casually on the stone she landed next to. <laughs> Embarrassed smallrin is something I don't think we've seen before. Nope. No, this is a new one. She's, um, she's trying real hard not to let it show. Um, I would like to pity high five small room. Very, very nice way. She she thinks about it for a moment and then accepts your pity high five. Ooh, well, what should we do now? Thank you so much for listening to episode 35 of Imprinted Echoes. If you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website at imprintedechoes.com. On our website, you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store as well as our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I would love to thank Ice Deer Brewing, Christina, and Tyler for their continued support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review on whatever podcatcher will let you. All of those things go a really long way in helping us out. And of course, you can find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And of course, be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Pat Mahood. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This is a Ghost-like media production.